Welcome to Glorious Professionals. I'm Jason here with Rich on episode 18. This is part two of our conversation with Cadre DS, Dan Skidmore, former U.S. Air Force Combat Controller and GORUCK's Director of Training. In the last episode, we chatted on his military background and service routes. This go-round, we're going to focus on his training background as a Tier 1 Special Operations Soldier. On that front, as Rich likes to say, to be a great teammate, first you have to be a great individual. DS was trained by some of the best in the business of optimizing human performance, and he quickly learned how to pay it forward. His first students were his Afghan partner force, most of whom weighed 95 pounds soaking wet. They needed to be stronger and faster in order to be better teammates. And DS made it his mission to make them tougher and harder to kill day in and day out. Since that deployment, he has continued his passion for training by bettering others in gyms, fields, and digitally the world over. And you can count me as one of his students. Let's dive right back in. Yes, let's keep training. <laughs> yeah, so let, let's go back and just reestablish sort of what is your training baseline just throughout your life in, in your military service, I mean, how, what are you doing to stay tip of the spear? So as an Air Force combat controller, you are constantly ready for anything, right? Ready for whatever. Um, you have to be an endurance athlete. You got to be a good swimmer. So, you know, hey, you're trying to be a diver. Um, you have to maintain a high level of readiness. Our PT test is, a you know, pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, a three-mile run and then a mile swim, right? That's our PT test to get in the door. And so you have to maintain those standards. But then, you know, as I look at like being an operator, hey, we need to be able to lift heavy things. I need to be able to carry 200 some pounds on my front and easily 400 pounds on my back, right? And so having that balance of strength and endurance is key. And everybody strikes that their their different way. For me, you know, 2000. 10 start doing CrossFit and that seemed that seemed to fit really well, right? That was about the time where, you know, the CrossFit was about making you a better policeman or a better firefighter or a better operator or a, a you know, a hot mom. And then somewhere along the lines, it changed to competitive exercising, uh, which I, that was the moment where, you know, I followed that for a little while, even while I was in 2011, 12, 13, 14 competitive fitnessing, right? As a, a regional CrossFit athlete. And then 2015 ended up back in Iraq, couldn't make it to that level. Um, and so I had to shift gears, but that didn't the training didn't necessarily change, right? I need to move odd objects, heavy loads over broad times. We don't know. It could be two days. It could be two hours. It could be 20 minutes. Um, but I need to have the capacity to do all of those things. Okay. So you're throwing out a big number, like 400 pounds on my back. Yeah. That's a lot. Why do you need to ha be able to do 400 pounds on your back? <laughs> Why not? Right. Uh, I mean, Hey, it's, it's a capacity thing. Uh, I'd like you to be able to pick that weight up or that person with all their kit and all Absolutely. their gear. And you've got all your gear and all your kit on, you know, and, and as I look back at it, man, I've pushed trucks way more often than I've carried bodies, right? But being able to ha have more force development or I've thrown equipment or, you know, pulled ropes or, you know, hey, slinging saw, uh, fast rope bags, I need that strength-based way more often than it's like, hey, you know, I'm going to carry these bodies. Um, so having the capacity to, to handle large loads, awkward objects is huge. 
And so you see, you know, from an endurance side, yeah, you train that way through the pipeline. But then as you once you get on the team and you, you know, you're 30 years old, you need to be stronger. And so you see that across the board is guys go from the endurance bunny to I need to be able to have it all, right? And how do you do that and train concurrently? Because it's not just one or the other. You know, there's ways to train now where you can build strength and you can maintain endurance. And, and we're not sports specific, right? It's not like, hey, I'm going to be a professional football player. You have a season. You have, you know, an off season, you know, it being special operations. There's no off season. You got to be ready to do, to go whenever. Or generally speaking, life, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. There's no, there's no, off. exactly. There's no difference there. So there, game time is when it calls for it, right? And so you have to develop this level of readiness that, you know, if you didn't prepare properly in, in the strength department, you're going to struggle. If you didn't prepare properly in the endurance environment, well, how do you blend both? And how do you get, how do you be like ready for whatever? So we've talked about this a little bit. You can never be too strong, but you can be too big. Definitely. So walk us through that. It's all about mo- muscle units firing, right? Um, and, and hey, if I can't move my body or if, I, if I'm carrying too much weight on me in, mus- in the show muscles, well, then that's going to wear me down as I'm trying to walk up the mountain. And that was a big, you know, hey, go rock. I switched from being a strongman athlete to doing endurance work. And so, you know, I didn't necessarily know when we were doing the go rock ascent that we'd be hitting a couple 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado. And so I had to carry my, I had, I had about five pounds that I didn't need hanging around my midsection. Um, but man, like I want to be lean and mean, but also strong. And you can get that way. There's, and it's all about discipline, diet, and how you focus, right? We're not about being lumbering big, but form follows function. And so if what we're doing has good function, you're going to look the part. So throughout your career, what was just baseline? What was your go-to, maybe not specific workouts, but movements that you would do and with what? What did it look like to train on deployment? I mean, what equipment are you using? Sometimes probably had a nice gym, other times probably not right? Yeah. You know, sometimes it looks like you're in a prison. Other times, you know, there's, there's AC in, I don't know, Bagram or wherever. For sure. And I've had, I've had the full extent, uh, one, one constant, you got your ruck, right? Um, now as the, the guys go, we prioritize, uh, well, I'm going to have some tires, right? So I'm going to do some tire flips or deadlifts, right? Core movements, humans squat, they de- pick things up off the ground, which looks like a deadlift, and then they press things overhead. How do you get strong? Pick things, he- pick heavy things up. How do you get stronger? Pick them up and walk with them, right? And so that that's been the go-to. And I, and I like a lot of barbell stuff. I I've done CrossFit, Olympic weightlifting for years, and there's a certain amount of coordination and balance and skill that those movements take. But when you go back to it, and I, I use the barbell as like a unit of measure, right? It's just a metric of where you're currently at, but you need to have that, that capacity to put that into an odd object of like, Hey, if I need to refill the 50 cal on the, the turret, I need to be able to turn to the side, pick it up and, and put it into place in an awkward position. And so how do you build that balance? That's been huge for my training is I add in a lot of balance work and using the different planes because not everything we do is straight, straight lines, right? You're turning to the side. You're picking up things awkwardly, and uh, and doing a lot of carrying. So always grip, always core, and uh, and then getting out of breath on a daily basis. So let's talk about coaching experience, right? Mm. I mean, what was that like for you 
in the military? Were you coached? Was it iron sharpening iron on the team? Was it a combination? What was that like? A little bit of both. So in about 2009, I started doing a program called like Mountain Athlete. And so I'd watch, I'd watch tons of videos. And, uh, and then I kind of found CrossFit and I was like, Ooh, there's, there's girls that do CrossFit. I can meet a beautiful woman that exercises. Great. I'm down with that. And then all of a sudden I, I ended up in Afghanistan and I took it on to train the Afghan special forces guys. So every day, at 9 p.m., these dudes would roll out of their camp, roll into the gym, and I'm coaching these guys. That was my first coaching experience. Before I was a CrossFit Level 1 coach or any of that, um, was these dudes that were on target with us. You know, I still remember some of their names and like, you know, these guys. Um, and, and the language barrier isn't there. So I have to show you by getting hands-on. And so, man, I had a, I had a fun experience with that. Um, but then came back. And, uh, and that just became the everyday life is, Hey, I want to train the next guy and I want to help. I want to impact people positively through fitness. And so what's the best, a good spot for that is a CrossFit gym, not necessarily the most professional environment ever. Uh, and you don't need a whole bunch of like certifications to start that. It's a good entry level of, I know how to squat. I'm going to teach you how to squat. Let's help you move a little bit better. And, uh, and that evolved to 2013 where I bought into a CrossFit, uh, bought into ownership of a CrossFit gym and, uh, and then you're coaching every day, every night and, uh, and just helping everybody that shows up, you know, Hey, you show up at the 12 o'clock class. I'm going to help you with your fitness to the best of my ability. Right. Um, and then that just kind of evolved and you take on more people and then disciplines and learn new things. And as you learn new things, you apply them to your members and your clients and the people that trust you. I mean, it's, it's hilarious kind of thinking about your first audience or your, the Afghans that you were going on to targets with. I mean, that's, it's just look to me, what that indicates is that you always had a passion for this because if you're willing to do that, you know, it's easy to not do on deployment that, yeah, right. Because time is precious and you want to do things in your quote off time that will almost relax, focus, keep you motivated. And for me, it was I mean, you know, there's always radio watch and there's all sorts of stuff. And, and so, you know, I ended up working out alone a lot and down, you know, the radio's right next to me, but, but that was part of my, my journey. And I, I wouldn't necessarily have gravitated toward the physical fitness outside of the training that we had, were doing with our Iraqis. You, you said, Hey guys, we're going into the gym. I'm going to teach you how to do this because that's, it just spoke to you. Yeah. Well, and, and one of my biggest coaching things is, is I want to show you what you can do, not what I can do. And I also want to build a stronger team, right? If I can build a stronger team, we're going to be more capable. And when I need it, you're going to be there to help me, right? And we build this bond through training, this of shared suffering or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's trust building. And so if I can teach that a little bit, help you move a little bit better, help get you out of pain, that's going to build a stronger bond than anything else. And so um, man, as I see a problem, if I see guys doing like Kung Fu or I dress these guys that are skinny and not necessarily strong, let's get them stronger, right? Take that upon yourself. And, uh, and anybody, you know, on the civilian side that comes in, they're looking for answers to their fitness questions and you've got those answers. And so what, what can you apply that can make the most benefit for them? That's the way that I look at this thing. What are some assumptions that you had about this that just did not meet well with reality? 
Did you think, hey, this is going to be easy to train people? Or, or hey, you know, I'll give you one example. So we, we launched a new piece of gear, the, the ruck plate carrier. Yeah. And I saw some feedback from someone that didn't, didn't like it so much on their lower back. And I looked at the picture and they had this giant fanny pack on, on their, their lower back. And I was like, well, the fanny pack is cinched super tight and you can see the skin coming up above the fanny pack, right? And it's pressing, it's compressing in, in between these two pieces of gear. It's like, that's, you should have a rucksack then, right? right. You shouldn't right. be playing with a ruck plate carrier. I, I went through a lot of contingencies to say, wow, I didn't expect this to be part of the education. And I don't say this pointing fingers. I just say it to bring it up that sometimes the simplest things are, are what we, we overlook or what people find. I mean, and, that, and that's, that's spot on, right? Is how much you actually need to attack the stimulus, right? And so simple is sophisticated in all of my programming. Anybody can come up with this crazy workout that's going to smoke you, right? That's going to leave you sore and crazy. I don't need to do flying back kicks. I want to master the basics, right? Greg Glassman, the, the founder of CrossFit, actually wrote an excellent article about virtuosity. And his goal for all of his coaches was, hey, master the basics. And if I can master the basics, I'm going to excel that much faster. And so as a fitness side, man, I just want you to be able to squat and pick something up off the ground without hurting yourself. And then we can add to this and then make basic workouts hard, not the crazy movements, but go harder inside of your workouts. And that's the intensity piece that is huge in training is focused intensity. Right. So I, I kind of want to take a notch up real quick because a lot of people in special operations, we all learn how to train. We, we learn how to push our bodies to extremes and then keep pushing. Right. So I'll throw myself in that arena. You, you're in that arena. Rich is in that arena. There is a vast difference between knowing how to do that for yourself and, and knowing how to coach others. I mean, coaching and teaching, I'm just, I'm not your guy, right? What I learned how to do was to do stuff, a lot of stuff and not get injured, right? I learned how to take care of my body like that. But, you know, one example is, you know, I've been doing some of these garage gym garage gym PT stuff. And, <laughs> you know, I, I'm okay at motivating. That's kind of been the thing throughout GoRuck is I, I will entertain you, motivate you, push you, all of that type of stuff. I find it highly rewarding to push people well past their limits. But we were, we were shooting the breeze the other night, DS, about deadlifting. Cause I've been, I just started deadlifting with, with sandbags in my garage, right? My garage build out is sandbags in a ruck. And you're like, yeah, man, you're, you're squatting through your deadlifts. So, you know, you give me this sort of tutorial, you're, you're showing me what I'm doing and then what it should look like. And the next time I did it, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to see how this goes. And so I started deadlifting with, with the sandbags and, you know, ass up hinge instead of squat through. And, you know, the goal is not, I, I agree with you. The goal is not to be so sore after every workout that you can't move right? A man's got to know is because it's, it's deflating. Like if, if your goal is just to thrash yourself every single day, I mean, it's probably too much over time. Well, I will tell you my hamstrings from the more correct versions of, of deadlifting. I'll have to let you see how I did on, on the next one, but there's certainly screaming and I did less weight and I did, you know, about the same or fewer reps. And 
the point is, is I say all that to say this, that I always assumed that squatting was just kind of, you just kind of squat, right? You just kind of squat down. Well, there's all sorts of problems when you don't squat throughout your life. You go over to Vietnam, you go to other places of the world, people are just squatting on street corners all day long. They squat perfectly like my three-year-old son does. I mean, just squats down and it just looks so natural and easy. And I try to do it and kind of fallen backwards just a little bit. And I, I, I really want to get better at this. And so in the kind of training stuff that you're spearheading, leading, I'm excited to follow along because we're not on the same level. Like you have this immense amount of, of skill and wisdom in the training arena and motivation too. I mean, I, you know, following a, an accountant who happens to know how to squat that, that can't really talk to people, like that doesn't sound very fun to me. But engaging with you, that sounds fun to me. And so as, as your training plans progress, there's a lot of ways that you, you might be able to do something a little bit simpler and a little bit better. And that's, that's a real challenge, right? Because going back to these fundamentals of our, our military style mission requirements in terms of our physicality, pick heavy stuff up, move heavy stuff, right? Do it correctly. And, and by the way, don't get injured, right? Because that is the thing. Because if, if you get injured, you, you didn't necessarily quit on the team. You were just stupid if you did it to yourself. So you have to learn how to do things correctly. And that's what I'm really looking forward to doing is I know you're going to push, but also do it correctly. Yeah, man. And, and I'm very excited for this because I see the position of cadre as instructor, right? Look up the definition. And that's what I, I've, I've chosen the profession of being an educator, right? In the gym and in in the, this community. And so, man, if I can show you what you can do, I watch your movement, right? I'll break it down what, where your deficiencies are when you're pulling, are your knees coming in, or you just need to raise your hips up a little bit and engage those correct muscles. Because hey, as, a, as anatomically, we squat, we hinge, we push, we pull. And thinking about those things that we're doing is going to make a world of difference. And so, you know, as opposed to getting hurt, you know, we go back to airborne school when, when the guys are trying to teach young guys how to jump out of planes and not get hurt. Well, hey, what are our five points of performance, right? These are simple things that we can apply to training, right? On my points of performance, are my feet in the right position? What are my knees doing? What are my hips doing? Am I engaging my core, my shoulders, right? All those little things as a coach that says, I don't care about how fast you can do it if you're just going to rip a shoulder off if you don't, or if you don't have the correct musculature. And so as I look at people training over the last 10 years, I can look at a squat and say, you need to build up the inner thigh so that you can be stronger, right? Because we all have different deficiencies and imbalances. And uh, man, like, it, you know, if you can take a little bit of that and apply stimulus, that's the training in me is I want minimum effective dose, right? Exercise and food, they're drugs, right? They're effective drugs. And I want to take just the right amount to train so that when I go to test, I'm that much better. Because go rock challenges are tests of how you trained. Are you ready? And I, and I take it a big difference, right? I love to train people. But when you show up on Friday night, I'm going to test you and I'm going to test your team. And I'm going to see what that's all about. When it's not that time, I want to train you, right? There's a big difference in training versus testing. So, yeah. So someone has to choose to prove it. Right. That's the that's game time. 
find those big goals. So what motivates you to keep training? Mm. Why well, I'm not going to let the old man in, right? I'm, uh, I'm going to stay as strong as I can forever. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very task oriented, right? Or goal based, right? I set these little goals for myself of, I want to be at this level and I want to perform with the team. And so I, I pick events, right? And they're always different, right? They're always at weird spectrum. Someday I want to run the two, Tahoe 200 mile race, right? I coached two guys. They failed. They had a, another coach. They failed the Tahoe 200 mile race, which is a loop around Lake Tahoe. And they, they trained with me for an entire year two twin brothers and they went back, came back the next year and demolished this event. Right. They didn't run it. They rucked it. Right. And I actually had them come down and run a uh, go rub tough in Charleston and they, they did okay. Right. They weren't by any means studs, but, uh, but man, their capacity grew over that course of that time. And so, and I coached them to do, to do this 200 mile race without necessarily doing it myself. Someday I want to do that too. And so I will continue to put out these mental challenges with my friends, with my, fr- with my enemies. You know, I, sometimes I pick fights with dudes that I haven't seen in years. You know, a comic controller that I served with that actually told me, hey, you, you are not mature enough to be on this team. I, I reached out to him during this quarantine time and I said, man, I, hey, you know, when I see you again, we're going to lift some weights. And also, uh, I want to fight. Right. We're going to we're going to throw down a little bit. So I picked a fight that I knew that I probably am not going to win, but it keeps me training. Right. I have to show up because if I don't, I'm going to get my ass kicked and I'm not going to I'm not going to go down, you know. And so that keeps me training. Plus, when you like doing stuff like climbing mountains and exploring cities and and constantly just being ready. Yeah. You know, your, your baseline matters. Yeah. Right. You're just keep your baseline solid. So let's talk about specifically go ruck sandbag and ruck training what is this training for and what can people expect this training is designed to make you stronger and get you comfortable with being uncomfortable right building balance in odd object movement while just man doing the work right one of the first events at team assessment we had a huge stack of sandbags at one end of the field i mean a mountain of sandbags and at the end of the pt test there was like four dudes left we said all right let's see who can do work right and so we said hey this is going to be a race we set a clock and we just said go move move the sandbags from this side to the other side and then it was just work capacity and so that's what i love right that's what i chase is work capacity. And so for go rock sandbag training, man, like how much sand can you move, whether it's picking it up or squatting it or moving it for miles? Um, that's what, you know, I want to build capacity, capacity for strength, endurance, all of that using the tools at our disposal, simple stuff, right? Oh, you don't have a go rock sandbag. My first go rock event was in Santa Cruz, California. One of my first, it was like, maybe my second event ever. And the service project that we did was we went to this fire department and dug landscaping, right? We dug like three feet down and rolled it all up in these pillowcases that we had. I guess this is what go ruck is to me, right? You didn't tell me to do this. It was just like what sounded right. And so the fire department gave us all these uh, pillowcases and uh, bed sheets. And so we threw all the dirt in there, right? And then carried it for miles. I mean, crushing right? And they're just carrying pillowcases and shit full of dirt. And, uh, and that was awkward and it, and it was hard. And that's what it was all about. 
And it built mental toughness, right? Because there's only so much toughness that you can build in a clean gym, right? With perfectly balanced weights. Life's not balanced, right? I want to work with our gear that we have and show you what you can do to get ready. Because man, if I'm out on the street or if I'm pulling stuff from my car and I got to walk 10 minutes in with like awkward stuff, I want to be prepared for that challenge. And so as I look over sandbag training, um, I'm going to work on balance, right? Stability and build, you know, the combat chassis. You want to be Rocky or you want to be the Russian? Dude, I want to be a solid combo of both, right? But the Russian, <laughs> the Russian man, like, hey, you can, I, dude, I, I did this while I was in Iraq. I was eating a dozen eggs a day. I called it the dead diet, right? A dozen eggs a day. And it was awesome. I never felt better, right? Because, hey, it's cholesterol increases, testosterone increases, and we're in a great training spot. I don't need a bunch of drugs. I need to train smarter, eat healthier, and train like a maniac, right? There was one point in, in my career that the U.S. ski team used an egg and spinach diet for their athletes. And I tried that and it actually worked really, really well. Hell yeah. Like, what does that mean? That's what you eat? Eggs and spinach? Yeah. Eggs and spinach. If that's like your version of dog food and you're the dog. Like, here's your eggs and spinach. It's, it's the same. Hard boiled eggs. And, and I'd, I'd chop up onions and tomatoes in the spinach just to give it a little taste. Maybe sprinkle a little vinegar on top of it to, to spice it up a little touch. And I'm good to go. Protein, fat, and carbs. There you go. I like your style, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> How many eggs do you eat a day now? Eight. Eight. Yeah. I need to bump that up a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen, so your accommodations in, in Morocco, I can see in Marrakesh, I can see the sunlight coming through the roof. You've sent me pictures of your, it, it didn't look like a dozen eggs on your, your plate on your rooftop there. <laughs> you know, you, we got birds it's, chirping in the background, flying in. You're at one with your environment. Well, you know, hey, and, and you create your environment, right? And I think that's, that's part of the training that we talked about, right? And man, we, do you want to get through this, uh, the MILES acronym, right? Talk through this. Let's do it. Dude. All right. So everything we do in the military, we address an acronym, right? And I like to create these little things that can help us solve problems uh, easier, right? I'm kind of a checklist guy as it is. And uh, hey, checklist people, right? Doctors, surgeons, air traffic controllers, operators, Okay. So miles, we've all hit go ruck miles together and miles. If we run it through a filter, we got mindset, intensity, load, environment, and situation. Okay. All of our training needs to run through this filter before we start doing it. And so, man, like, you know, I, I create this environment, right? Whatever gym I'm in, I create the environment there with my music and my positivity. And, uh, and then your diet plays into that as well as a recovery side. Um, but you can, you know, as, as your situation changes, sometimes the environment of what you can eat or what you have available. Dude, I've been on deployments, man. At my last Africa deployment, not this one because I chose this, uh, we were starving. You know, we were rolling around and shooting dick dick, which are little like gazelle guys uh, out of the helicopter going to pick them up and eating on them for months. And it was miserable, right? I mean, everybody lost weight. And what did I do there? Pound down some eggs because they're a solid little protein source. And, uh, and so you get what you get. Yeah. So what I'm getting at too, with where you are is, you know, this is the middle of COVID-19 globally. You're in Marrakesh. You've got sandbags and rucks, and it's not like you're slowing down or you have to, you, you don't have to wait for your $20,000 build out to, to, to what motivate you. I mean, a $20,000 gym is not going to motivate you. You can't buy your way 
to where you want to be. You just have to do the work and you can do it very simply. I'm not saying don't have a rack. We have one at GORUCK HQ. I love, I love this chest thrasher thing I used to do when I was in, in the army because I, I was really struggling with my push-ups. right? I got really long arms. And what you find is that when you got really long arms, it takes a lot longer to go up and down no matter how strong you are. And so, you know, I'd start with just the bar. I do 10 reps. I put 10 pounds on each side, 10 reps. Keep incrementally go up until you can't do any reps then you start stripping them off 10 or 20 pounds at a, at a time until you get back down and you're doing the bar and you can barely do the bar, right? And it, it's a lot different than rolling into whatever gym on Fort Bragg and putting all the max weight on there to look big and strong uh, and, and get your one rep max on. But that's what I needed to do at that time in order to pass my push-ups. And I, by pass, I mean, get a 300 on the, on the APFT, like to max them out because anything less than maxing them out was just not an acceptable number. So I say that to say, I agree with you. There is plenty of time for, for iron in your life. There's time to kind of spend that time that you need to inside the gym, but the overwhelming volume of work capacity that I did in my training was just really simple stuff, weight and miles and sandbags. Was, has that been your experience as well, Rich? Oh yeah. When you're on deployment, you, you do what you need to do for the functionality of what your mission requires. It's all about functional fitness. And I, other people throw that around, but I, that's the way I look at it. I look at it as what do I need to do for my mission throughout? Not just what do I need to do today? Do I need to pump some iron? Do I need to do this? It's complete functionality all the way through. So that no matter where you are or what the requirement is, you have the strength and endurance to do it. So what was that like for you then, Rich? I mean, pick any deployment to your, you know, 500 countries that you've deployed to. And, you know, <laughs> you're working out with what? Because, because why? Uh, it, it could be anything. I, what, what immediately comes to mind is the, the Montagnards that I, team that I was with in Vietnam on my first tour. I had a guy named Pai Hadak, and he was a Jirai. And the Jirai were a warrior society, if you will. And he was big into functional fitness. And so he had nothing else. So he went and got a piece of galvanized pipe and a couple of number 10 cans from the mess hall, filled them full of some cement, put them on the ends, let them dry. And then we'd go out and we'd pump that. It went back to the same thing you were talking about, DS. I didn't bring them together to make them fit. We worked together, all of us, to be fit. All of us as a team would, would work together to do that. And of course, we were, we were rucking some. That's the nature of the business. We'd pass the radio around amongst the Americans, and then we had a secondary radio that we gave to the mountain yards. So everybody got a chance to haul the same stuff. And so we'd do it around the camp when we were in camp. And then, of course, when we were deployed, we, we would just do whatever the mission required. There's always motivation and discipline, right? Over the course of the last, okay, so we see Rogue Fitness, right? And Rogue is an excellent supplier of quality equipment, the best. There's no competition. And yeah, there's there's other brands that do stuff like this, but you get a bunch of people that go out and buy all the stuff that they need. I need an assault bike. I need a rower. I need a beautiful barbell, you know. And then it sits there and in your garage and it collects dust and gets a solid layer. Right? I've been that guy, right? But you need discipline, right? Because you have motivation, and motivation is waning, but discipline is when it kicks in and says, "Hey, I need to work out my legs, right? I need to stay strong." 
it's tough to get into that mindset of I need to go smash my legs today to make them adapt. And so discipline of, Hey man, I can go out, I can get dirty in my garage, but there's something special about getting dirty and having a layer of grime on you that releases that primal aspect that says, man, this is where it's all at. Right. And then sandbag, when I throw a sandbag on my back and there's that dust and sweat and grime and I can feel it, dude, then I get savage, right? And I get excited about training. And so discipline to go in and train what you need to do. If you said, hey, I need to get my push-ups up. I'm going to team assessment. I need to start doing more push-ups. I'm going to say frequency method. You're going to do 20 an hour every hour that you're awake. And then come back and talk to me, right? You're going to get better. And so what you, what you water will grow, right? That's just the nature of the beast. you got to practice it more. You know, one of the things we learn in the military and I think people come to GORUCK for is self-discipline. It's all about self-discipline. Self-discipline gets your ass out and makes you do things. And, and we're in it together. I mean, part of this is we will motivate. That's what we do. It's what we love to do. I, I mean, since the first GORUCK challenge, I have just loved watching people. I mean, it's a little bit of fake motivation for them when you're a cadre. They're, they're not actually motivated that much to go. True the, the, the 12th hour, you know, <laughs> but you force that motivation on them a little bit and then they see what they can do. It gives them more, more motivation in their life to push even a little bit further. And so, well, they're developing that self-discipline that's required in life to, to do hard things. And we learn in the military by going back and, and prepping yourself for another year before you get to the unit. You're learning self-discipline. You don't think of it that way at the time, but you're really learning that self-discipline that's going to be necessary at some point when you need it. And a lot of people don't get that unless they've been in the military. And even some, some that have been in the military don't get that level of self-discipline that's required to push yourself way beyond what you thought you could do. Man, discipline, right? You, the diet of eggs and spinach isn't sexy. Right? It's not, but it works, right? Yeah, it does. Well, we've talked about this a lot, right? I mean, we know what the basics are. The body is a muscle. If you move more, you're developing strength in that muscle to do more of that throughout your days. So people have been saying this forever. Take the stairs. Mm. Been saying, you know, get your steps in. Been saying these things. You know, I saw Jocko spoke at the Travis Manion Foundation and Ryan Mannion, who we had on previously, great lady, great organization. But Jocko spoke to them and he said, you know, I don't believe in motivation because it's, it's an emotion. I believe in discipline. Mm. And, you know, Jocko's got Jocko's way, which I respect. And, and he's done a lot for building bridges between the military and civilian worlds, in my estimation, like explaining it in a way that will translate into people's lives. And that's a good way to look at it motivation as an emotion, like emotions come and go, right? You know, the day you, you wake up, you feel a certain way, it's feelings and stuff, but discipline is a way to schedule your time. And if you put the time in and I, you know, we're not expecting through the sandbag and ruck training that this is going to be your six hours a day training for, for go ruck selection. This is, this is the baseline. And Importantly, it's scalable. It's simple and it's scalable. You can scale it from body weight to prescribed weight or less to prescribed weight plus. The idea of, you know, your your recommendation, our recommendation is 
30 pounds on your back. If, if you're over 150 pounds, 30 pounds on your back. And then there's some prescription for sandbags, say 40 pounds, if you're going to do that stuff. I mean, if there's a movement that I don't love yet, or I'm not comfortable with, I mean, I've been doing most of my stuff in the garage with 20 pounds on my back because I default to wanting less weight, reduce the risk of injury and focus more on form. When I was doing your deadlifts, my version of, of what I think are better deadlifts that you get to be the judge of, I did it with less weight than what I was doing before because I really wanted to focus on form. So this is not about shaming into how much exact weight can you do. It's also can't be individual coaching for every single person every single day. So there's gotta be some standards hey, do this. And we think you can. If you need to go a little bit less, if you want to go a little bit more, I mean, if it's too easy, add weight. It's really simple. It's like, oh, rucking's easy. Okay. Well, how much weight did you have? Or rucking's hard. Oh, well, did you have 150 pounds? Yeah. That's, that's too much. Like go faster with less weight. <sighs> rucking is definitely not an easy activity. It, I mean, for me, it's, it never gets easier. I said yesterday, I checked in at the 21 mile mark on that, my 28 mile ruck. And I said, man, this shit never gets easier, right? Go, go faster, right? And that's the intensity factor of it is that I love training. I, I should get my tra daily training in an hour a day, right? If I have the extra time, I might bump that up a little bit and add in more bulletproofing items, right? I'm going to work more grip strength. I'm going to work more core. I'm going to work some imbalances and, and some rehab stuff. But what can I do in an hour long training session that's going to increase my general physical preparedness so that I can hit what I need to that day and then go about my business, right? And flex all the rest of my muscles, like my brain and my relationships. But man, like I'm not looking for six hour training sessions. I want to hit that stimulus of what is going to affect what today. And then what's important, right? I need to be able to pick stuff up. I need to be able to move objects. And we can always break weight back down. I had a dude that was, you know, he's, he's a little heavier right now. And he said, man, I'm carrying a little bit extra right now. I'm going to break down this weight. I want to be able to modulate that based on where you're currently at in your fitness level. And so you still get the same out of it, right? If it's the same task, but it takes you twice or three times as long, we miss the point there. And that's the, the beauty of scaling this thing is you, that you can get what you need out of it so that you can recover from that training session and then be better off in the future training sessions. So it's not about weight. We will, but, but at the same time, having said that, we will set benchmarks, right? And have gates, Right. One of our things is, hey, you should be able to ruck for an hour at a 15 minute mile pace. I believe that. And I'm going to stay to that. And so if you can do that, then we're going to give you an additional task. And so if you want more, you have to do more. Right. If we're if we've got all the answers to these questions, I need to start asking new questions so your body will adapt. And so we get to this level and we've come up with this number of hand release pushups that we should be able to do. Perfect. You're there. Let's work on something else now. Hand release pushups, perfect example. Those are a lot different to me than the pushups that I did when I was in the, in, on the army physical fitness test. I mean, for sure, you go down, you release your hands, pretty self-explanatory, but it's stuff like that where then you put 20 pounds on your back while you do it. If you want, it's simple, simple, but it's not easy. Simple, definitely not easy. And simple is sophisticated, but it should be savage. Right. So our training philosophy, go ruck sandbag and ruck training. It's very simple, but it's not easy. You don't need a whole lot of equipment. There's motivation that's provided first off from the instruction from DS and, and other cadre that will join. And there's the discipline that comes along 
with following along. And the added benefit is the community style motivation to say, hey, this is a simple way to work out really effectively. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time now. This kind of training where you say, hey, it's simple. You're going to get some miles in. You're going to push some heavier stuff. And it's not all about gym memberships and, and stuff like that. The best part about CrossFit has been the community. So if that's where you get a lot of your value, that's where your friends are. If you really enjoy whooping it on, do that. You can also do stuff with sandbags and rucks outside wherever you are with your neighbor, or you can, you can cross pollinate communities, which I do a lot of here. You know, I have a couple buddies that live just right in the hood, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to go do some sandbag and some ruck stuff today. It's going to be awesome. And it, it's just, it's that camaraderie that you get from, from doing that. So the goal is to give people some motivation and some tools. And he, here's what we're doing, people. Come, come join us. Man, having that solidarity in training and community, everybody's focused on this one task, right? And then you throw this other stuff at somebody, you know, like, hey, all right, the CrossFitters at the Rogue Invitational, when we had the awesome opportunity, you know, to meet all those celebrity exercisers. And dude, they had not rucked before. I'm talking to Ben Bergeron, one of the leading coaches in CrossFit. Everybody knows the guy. And I get to coach him on rucking, right? And then, hey, how do we pick up this odd object? And this is great stuff that people can add into their training session. If they're not already doing the work, add this in and see how it feels, right? People, people neglect dumbbells, people neglect sandbags, and then they throw it in and it's like, wow, that changed the, changed the training completely. And then it builds in those little weak stabilizers that the barbell might not necessarily address. And bands and machines, they absolutely don't address these things. So using new equipment all the time, asking new questions is huge, but then also doing it safely. And so that's what, you know, we're trying to hit with, uh, you know, mastering the basics, right? I want to push, I want to pull, I want to squat, I want to pick up, I want to do these movements, but also then teaching the technique as well is, is huge for me because I, I, I want to teach it. I want people to clean properly, right? I want, I want to build in those smart little things and make the entire community better. And if we can make somebody else stronger, I'm happy with that. Why are you, why are you so excited about this? I am excited about sandbag ruck training because man, we get to continue the conversation about making stronger, better people, right? Making more resilient humans. Um, and this is, this is an awesome opportunity to man, just affect people on a, on a physical level, right? And that, and a mental level, because you, we train for these events that are emotional, right? In nature. And if we can set ourselves up for success, then we can do more, right? Because I want to do more fun things. I want to go further. Further is fun, right? And so if we can set up the base of the community from the very beginning of this and people are coming in and just feeling what sandbag and rock training is, maybe it's their first introduction to movement. Let's build you stronger, right? Instead of let's skip all the crazy stuff of let's teach you how to snatch. I don't care about that. That's not what we're doing here. I want to teach you how to move load and, and weight properly with your team and set you up for a lifetime of, of fun rucking because rucking it can be a lifetime sport. it is i mean it's a lifetime it's the most basic thing you're going to do and, and just moving weight and the hope is that people come and do this stuff together too right Absolutely. this, this isn't Absolutely. meant to be something like 
a digital only experience where we hope that you stay in the confines of your privacy and do it by yourself and, you know, give us the thumbs up or the thumbs down occasionally based on whatever we push just to you. We want to inspire the community to get stronger by organizing themselves in, in whatever pockets make sense for people with greater consistency to come together in a field or whatever, this primordial kind of, it's, it's rucking, sure, but we're not going to tell you to ruck every single, like the workout is not, hey, ruck five miles a day and 10 miles tomorrow and one mile. It's, there, there's a lot of move, move weight too. And you can do that together. And when you're done, crack cold beer or whatever your, your preferred beverage is and just kind of soak in that moment with each other. And that's where, that's where you find a lot of magic. Definitely. I think the, the way that we're going about this using the, the system beyond the whiteboard is an excellent community spot because we can manage that. And then this is the time of engagement. You know, you guys are sitting in Florida. I'm in North Africa right now, and we can be talking about this. And I've actually done this with a bunch of crews um, is lead these workouts. This program is definitely not about competition, but it will be inherent that we will see who the king of the hill is, right? We want to identify those hard chargers, but we want to breed that. Because that builds, the, that's the warrior way, right? Of we need to see who the heavy hitters are, but then also let's bring everybody up, right? If you're just about just getting out and getting after it, awesome. Let's do it, right? And whatever your motivating factors are, man, let that drive you to step back up into the event, right? And get out in the arena and have some fun with this. Because I'm going to keep having fun, man. Everything I've done with Go Ruck has been fun. I show up and I... It's hard. It's hard and it hurts, right? My feet hurt today, but I'm going to have, I had a hell of a time. And, and Jason McCarthy has never told Dan Skidmore how to run a go ruck event. It's been mine to make however I want. And I love that, right? I love that flexibility. And so by doing the right things and challenging people and continue to have that, man, we, we built this awesome community of people that are just looking to do hard things, have some fun and keep kicking ass. And it's been awesome, man. And like, I'm, I'm just stoked to be a part of it and bring energy uh, that we can share together. I want to continue that for as long as I can. DS, thanks for coming on Glorious Professionals. We love you. Much safety and awesomeness to you and the fam in North Africa. And we'll see you soon whenever the flight restrictions are, are off. We'll see you at, at headquarters and catch up with some sandbags and some, some cold beers when we're done, man. I think we're going to train together much before that, right? We got the virtual environment and sandbag ruck training, AKA SRT is about to hit you right in the face. <laughs> awesome. Right. I, I love that getting hit in the face. It's like, it'll wake you up, you know, like, yeah, I'm, does, I'm awake now. My best days are getting when I get punched in the face, right? Cause it, it tells you, Hey, you're still alive and it wakes you up. Right. I got hit in the face. I was doing one of the videos the other day and a sandbag popped me right in the face. Whoa. I better respect this thing. Love it, man. All right. Have a good one. We'll, we'll catch you next time, DS. All right, guys. All right. So DS has left the confines of the garage in Jack's Beach. Rich, DS is just loaded with energy, enthusiasm. I just, I want to follow that guy. Show me what to do. Let's do it. What, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I'm very impressed with DS. Always have been. And in this particular instance, how he's now approaching what I call functional fitness, and he's approaching it in such a way that it's accessible to everyone. And that, to me, is kind of the, the crux 
or the core of special operations. We're talking here about dealing with indigenous personnel. That's really who GRTs are and who people that come to us to learn how to train. They're the indigenous personnel that we've always dealt with throughout our careers. He's talked about it, uh, about training his partners at, and on various deployments. And he doesn't look at anybody as a particular person to access. He looks at these people as someone to help, to help them prepare themselves for a life of future exercise. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this kind of way of life, this simpler form of, of training for a, a long time. As with anything though, to really spread it out, you have to have a leader. There has to be someone who's empowered to lead that way and to make decisions. And we got into a, a, a little bit. There's a lot of our cadre, myself included, that they can get out and, and motivate and lead. Now you have to combine that in this regard with the subject matter expertise stuff of, I, I know all of the mechanics of movements. I've trained a lot of people because like we talked about with evolving within the special operations community, you learn by doing, you learn through experience. As you teach, prepare, coach, help more other people along the way, you see what goes right. You see what goes wrong. You can see what to anticipate. So in, in, a war zone, it's about risk mitigation. And, you know, do I squeeze the trigger now and reduce that risk? But then there's other risks. In the training side, it's if you, if you see what someone's doing wrong sooner or what they could do better sooner, you're going to prevent them from getting injured. You're going you're gonna to make them stronger sooner, more durable, more able to continue the training. And just at a, at a really foundational level, not getting injured while still pushing yourself is an art. Well, and that's a strong point that DS brings because he understands physiology and what will work without getting you hurt or what ways you can do a particular exercise better based on that knowledge of physiology. It isn't just the physical aspect, it's the mental aspect. And he looks at both sides of it at the same time to determine ways to, to conduct exercises in a way that you don't get hurt, but creates and builds on strength. And so as all of us are on our fitness journeys, we're, we're various age, sex, abilities, varying degrees of strength. The thing is, is what we owe ourselves is put your ego aside a little bit and say, look, this is where I am. This is what I can safely handle. Now, don't be so weak about it that you just can't handle anything because the human body has got millions of years of evolution. You're, you're going to be fine. Okay. Like pick up the weight and move the weight. The question is if your ego is what's telling you that you need to do 120 pounds and your body's telling you, you, you might be ready to do a couple more reps with an 80 pound and do them correctly. What I've learned over the years to stay more durable, to get fewer injuries is drop the weight a little bit and do the form a little bit better. And so that's, that's kind of the, the license out there for, for you all. Like do the work. We're not here to preach about exactly how much weight it has to be or, or should be so much as we are to say, join us. And, and this is really simple. And that doesn't mean easy. It's really simple. Wherever you are, you know, I, I, I've been there, right? I mean, I've been there where 
I completely neglected strength training for, for years when I got out of the army. Cause I said, Hey, I'm, I'm not really going to do that army stuff anymore. You know, it's, it's completely reactionary to the point of, Oh, I, it, it used to make me happy. I used to like it, but I, I'm a different person now. Like, no, no, you're not. Like these are fundamental things. Move, move some weight, get outside, get some vitamin sunshine, do it with other people. You will just naturally get stronger. You'll feel better. And, and that's, at a really core level, I, I never wanted Gora to be a backpack company. It just, it does not interest me. And so what I've always loved is this community and pushing ourselves and figuring out a way to, to lead from the front in some instances and to follow when necessary, to follow when it makes sense. And with somebody like DS, like I, I want to follow his training and he's going to be stronger and faster, et cetera, than me out of the gates. Maybe over time, some of the stuff I, I do a little better. Maybe, maybe I don't. Like, it's not really, there's always going to be someone that's stronger and faster and, and whatever. And then they, they get younger while you keep getting older, right? Eventually there's a new wave. So stay humble. It's, it's kind of what, like, I got this guy standing to the left of me, right? And we were both in special forces, but the second that man, I was in special forces. That's so awesome. I, I look over at Rich and I'm like, oh man, you know, it's not kind of the same thing. He's got a lot cooler stories than I do, you know, and there's always someone that's got cooler stories and, and, and has been there. And, and the guy that does have all the cooler stories is a guy like Rich who sits in the corner and doesn't really, you know, the cowboy corner, if you will, he's got his beer. And, you know, if you ask him how he's doing, he says, fine. And you're never going to hear any of those cool stories unless you really get to know him and stuff like that. So the point is, we're all on our own journey. It's a lot better to be in this together. And that's what makes this fun for me. Well, you made a really good point and not about me, but about DS that at any level that you're at, DS has something that you can learn. I mean, I, I've been through all the stages that you've been through throughout my career. Uh, I get out of the army, said, oh, that's it for PT for me. I don't need that stuff anymore. Wrong answer. Uh, I found, found that out really quick, but I found out there were new avenues, that there was always something new I could learn. Uh, at one point, I started throwing yoga in, and that was about the time that the SF teams at Bragg started throwing yoga into their fitness, not because of what I'd done, but because of what they knew they needed to do. And so there's always something new you can learn, always new techniques and DS has really got on top of that and is doing a great job with bringing techniques that people can use anywhere. The whole idea is you don't have to go to a particular place to do it. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in your garage. You can do it in a field. You can do it on the road. You can do it in a motel parking lot if you're traveling somewhere. You can do what he puts out anywhere. All you need is a rucksack which is the best way to travel anyway. Don't travel with a, with a roller bag. That's for damn sure. Travel with your rucksack. Throw a small sandbag in. It doesn't have to be an, a 180, 60 pound. Throw a 20 or a 40 in. You can fit it in somewhere and take it with you. You can do that exercise. And if you don't have a sandbag, look around, find a brick, find a concrete block and use that. So it's functional fitness that's usable anywhere and it keeps you healthy. So check out the training program. We'll put it in the show notes. If it's not for you, that's cool. The thing is, is what we want to do is inspire more people to be more active together. 
That's really the inspiration. This is a great way to do it. It's simple. And, and we like simple things because they, they can withstand the test of time. The other, the other part in, in these sort of closing remarks is I just wanted to give a big thank you to you, to you all for listening to Glorious Professionals. These are, these are fun for us. I'm in my garage right now. We're recording this on a Sunday at noon. Rich came over. It's a little bit makeshift. Before the show, we're talking about, man, when it gets middle of summer, this is going to be a lot more, a lot sweatier of an operation. So we're going to have to adapt. I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is behind the scenes, we're, we're really enjoying bringing on some, some really great guests onto the program to just ask them about their way of life and, and how they lead their lives. And our hope is that it kind of demystifies some of it because people are people out there. They're just, some people push a little bit this way and some people push a little bit that way. The, the unifier in all this is, is a commitment to something bigger than ourselves, the service element towards helping others. So it, it's got nothing to do about how physically fit you have to, to be to become a combat controller, so to say. I mean, that's a, it's a great story and DS lives it well. The bigger message though is one of what's your calling in life and how do you follow that path? And I hope in that journey that you hear the call to service and, and we, I should say, we hope that you answer it. And so it's, it's really fun for us to get to spend the time with each other. And we're grateful that you're joining us along this journey. And thanks for listening.